Shalom. Welcome to another episode of Inspiration from Zion. I'm Jonathan Feldstein, and I have the privilege of being your host, coming to you from the Judean mountains here in Israel. I like to refer to it as the original Bible Belt. Inspiration from Zion is a program of the Genesis 123 Foundation, whose mission is to build bridges between Jews and Christians, and Christians with Israel in ways that are new, unique, and meaningful. I pray that you will find this, all of those. Through this program, we're excited to connect you to people and stories in and relating to Israel to give you a window to look through, experiencing aspects of life here that you might not otherwise know about. We want this to be interactive, so please be in touch at inspirationfromzion at gmail.com and send along any questions and any comments about any topic anytime. Or you can reach us at genesis123.co or follow and like Inspiration from Zion on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Stay tuned until the end of the program, where we're also going to share an exciting opportunity from you for you. And please feel free to share this with other people who you know will also find it of interest. So this conversation, I'm really excited for it. It's been long in coming, and it's it came together kind of piecemeal. And and I'll be honest, not deliberately. Sometimes I seek out guests uh, in order to have a specific conversation with them. But we have three amazing guests, and our topic is biblical art. And we're going to talk about just, not just art from the Bible, because that's very significant, um, both inspiration for and the actual biblical tradition of, but also how these three people, these three women, are artists who create what I'm calling biblical art. Um, we we connected with, with one exception, one of our guests who I've known for about 20 years. Um, we connected through an article in the newspaper uh, about t- two months ago uh, in the Jerusalem Post. There was a lovely feature article about women entrepreneurs who are artists and creating all kinds of Judaica art. And I thought, wow, it was a great article featuring fascinating people. And I reached out to some of them to say, hey, I'm doing an art contest for Christian children to express what Israel means to them. Would you consider being a judge? All three of our guests today are judges, and I'm thrilled and grateful for that. And that led to this fascinating parallel conversations with each of them coming together saying, wait a minute, this is a great topic. It's actually very timely because as we speak, we're just around the portion of the Torah um, where we read about the building of the of the tabernacle and the art that went into it, the design. So it's really so timely that we're having this conversation now. And today I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to bring it all together. And I have to say so with one caveat um, and one apology to our guests. Art is a visual form. Podcasts are not. Mm-hmm. We are going to do our best to show you, and I mean that in all the in all its ways, except the visual, show you the incredible inspiration that these three women have um, and how they express themselves artistically. And we will provide for anyone who wants to follow, certainly in the show notes here, but we will provide also more information about how you can reach them as well. So let me introduce our guests. Ronit Barzell is a native of Melbourne, Australia, and moved to Israel at age 22 due to a strong case of Zionism. She left behind her family and friends, who she goes back to visit frequently. Ronit studied graphic design, worked in a large advertising agency, and found a job in Israel also in the creative department of an ad agency. After a few years, she opened her own studio of hand-painted wooden homeware, which lasted a few years 
But due to the recession, she changed her career and worked in different industries, utilizing her bilingual abilities in Hebrew and in English. Just over two years ago, two months before, uh, that was three years ago, no, three, how many years? Three years ago now, um, before the before uh, COVID hit, Ronit decided to return to art as a full-time job, very quickly developing a brand called Art with Neshama, or, or Soul, and creating affordable Judaica and Israeli gifts for people of all ages and backgrounds all around the world. The products have attracted a very diverse audience via her website and delivering to people all over the world. Nicole Friedman goes by Nikki. She grew up with a deep appreciation for art from a young age. She fondly remembers as a child visiting local Chicago art festivals with her family and marveling at the various creations from a wide spectrum of artists and vendors. With her creative spirit, out-of-the-box approach to problem-solving, and a love for teaching, Nikki pursued her bachelor's degree in mathematics and her master of arts, which we have to talk about because, in my mind, those just don't add up if I can borrow the mathematics fun. Um, teaching, teaching uh, her, her master's of arts in teaching from John Hopkins University and then spent the next 14 years as a high school math teacher um, as well. Meanwhile... Nikki held on tightly to her passion for arts as an as an adult began taking classes at the Mitchell School of Fine Arts in Baltimore, where she trained as a painter, primarily working in oil and acrylics. In 2020, Nikki stumbled across resin art and was fascinated and became to deter, and became determined to master the craft. She began creating her own resin masterpieces in addition to her paintings and selling them worldwide. In 2020, Nikki fulfilled her lifelong dream of moving to, to, excuse me, 2022, very recent, Nikki fulfilled her lifelong dream of moving to Israel and with her family, where she now has a thriving business selling her own artwork, as well as teaching both youth and adults painting and resin classes. Her work focuses on Judaica and portraying God's handiwork in his beautiful creations. Upon making Aliyah, Nikki was recognized by the state of Israel for her work with epoxy resins as a master of plastic arts. Yael Harris Resnick is a self-taught multimedia artist known for her hand-painted silk, acrylic, and oil paintings and children's comic illustrations. She's an American Israeli with whom me and my family, actually getting emotional thinking about it, um, with whom we go back about 20 years because she was my oldest son's kindergarten teacher before we made Aliyah. Much of we knew her then as Mara Yael. Much of Yael's work involves Judaica and Bible motifs and illustrates the splendor of the land of Israel using a vibrancy, vibrantly colorful palette. Yael's work captures the ancient raw emotion of Jewish history while maintaining a relevant vividness of modern times. In addition to fine art, Yael, print, Yael prints her artwork into heat-resistant table runners called Art Trivet, bringing art to the table that elevates holidays and family gatherings and brings depth to each meal. Yael is an award-winning artist who has been recognized by the Washington, D.C. Calligraphers Guild, Israel Artists Guild, and Israel's Ministry of Labor and Trade. She works for Mizrahi Magazine as their children's page comic illustrator, and she lives in Israel with her husband and four kids. That's a lot to digest, but ladies, I am thrilled that you're here. Thank you so much. Welcome to Inspiration from Zion. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So I want to jump in. Um, 
first of all, on a more personal basis. You're each Anglo-Israelis, born two of you in America, one in Australia, and came to Israel as recently as uh, as two years, a year ago, excuse me, right? A year, 2022. And um, Ronit, I don't know your age, but as a younger woman and Yael somewhere probably in between. Um, maybe just going in that order alphabetically in which in which I introduced you and, and Ronit also because um, your bio, you mentioned specifically that you were suffering a really strong case of Zionism that brought you here. Why? What? Why? What? Why did you decide to come to Israel? Well, the truth is that I was actually born in Israel ah. to to an Israeli father and an Australian mother, um, and and um, they went back to Australia when I was ten months old. So I grew up um, twenty two years in Australia and came out um, on my own after having um, attended a Jewish school, Jewish day school, but um, the Jewish day school wasn't the thing that was Zionistic. It was actually the youth movement that I went to, um, which was. And um, after finishing uh, 12 years of school, I came to Israel on my gap year, um, did a year here, um, fell in love with everything. I think that... um, then I made it my plan that I was going to come back three years later after I studied and had worked a bit, and um, and that's what I did. And um, as I grew older, I, I realised that it was more than just me being part of a, having been inspired by my youth group because a lot of people didn't um, come on Aliyah, but um, due to my, my roots and my sentimental value of my family history and um, felt that I was um, one of the links to the chain of my my family on my father's side. They had been here for seven generations already. And so um, I felt the weight of that and being the family historian, which has only happened in the past few years, I I think that that was, um, I always felt because I had been born here that I had um, some stronger connection, I don't know, and um, yeah, something in my, something in my bones and, um, and, and that's what brought me here. Did coming to Israel cure your strong case of Zionism or did it make it worse? Um, well, as a 22-year-old, you have stars in your eyes. You're starstruck by a lot of things. Um, there's the the motivation of becoming independent and, um, you know, branching out and um, finding your own identity. Um, I... Um, Israel was very different for me coming from Australia. Um, I had only visited um, twice before. Once when I was 14 was my first trip here. And um, and then again when I was um, 19, 18, um, when I came on my gap year. Um, so everything seemed very fun and lovely and sunny and um, just fun and Jewish. Everything was Jewish around yes. me um, mostly. And... Um, I'm I, I'm still asked today, um, after 30 years of being here, um, what made me, what brought me to Israel, and um, and I have to say, still, it was ideology, it was Zionism that hasn't died. Things you you mature, you grow older, you understand more about um, politics and things like that that can be um, upsetting, disappointing. But at the end of the day. Um, I still feel that this is this is a place for me. This is a place for 
Jews in general. Of course, not all Jews will come to live here, but having travelled frequently in the past few years back and forth between Australia and here, um, I feel torn between the two countries because I do identify with my Australian side, but yeah. Israel is is still home. Right, sure. When you come here, you don't, in, in most cases, I don't think you leave your identity and sense of uh, culture behind, whether you're coming from uh, Australia, New Jersey, Ethiopia, or, or Russia, or Ukraine, or anywhere else in the world. Um, yeah, El, how about you? Um, you, there, there, I've noticed it, but I don't have anything to point in particular. On social media, often you're very expressive about your experiences here, making Aliyah, why you did it. When we knew each other and you were Natan's teacher 20-some years ago, about 20 years ago, I guess, um, was was coming to Israel on your agenda? Well, if I remember correctly, um, a whole group of families made Aliyah from Yeshivat Noam from yeah. your school. Were, were you was that Yeah, family? well we were we were part of that in two thousand four. Yeah. Right. So so we actually came to Israel too that year. Um we didn't make Aliyah. My husband was studying to be a rabbi and we took a year for him to learn in Yeshiva University in Jerusalem. Um he had been learning in the New York campus and um so we came with that whole group of families even though we didn't officially become citizens of Israel. Um, and while we were here for that year, we had two little kids, a toddler and a newborn. Um, we decided that we were going to put down roots and put down money to uh, join a community. Um, that happened once, twice, three times. Our community, like we, we put down a deposit and things fell apart. Mm-hmm. Um, the third time it happened, we had already decided to go back to America for a few years just to say goodbye to our families, raise them with some grandparents and and make some money before we, you know, made our final roots here. Um, when we were already there, our third community fell apart. Right. We had already had jobs and were settled. Um, and we said, you know what, we're not going to give up on our dream. We had plans for two years till our house was built. Um, we said, we're going to come back anyway. Um, long story short, two years turned into eight years. Um, <laughs> and the thing that pushed us was, um, like Ronit had discussed, Zionism was always something I grew up with. It was, it was something that was deep ingrained in our family. And my parents both had that Zionistic bug they kept coming back. Um, my mom had made Aliyah in the seventies. My parents had met in Israel. They got married in Israel. My father worked for the Jewish Federation and, and fundraised money for Israel and for Ukrainian um, Olim to come to Israel. Mm-hmm. Also like Ethiopian Olim. He was very involved in um Operation Exodus and Operation Solomon. And I I grew up with this, you know, very um, deep drive toward Israel. Um, And then my husband and I were both educators and we taught about Israel. We taught Hebrew, we taught Judaism, we taught holidays, and we taught Israel, we taught Zionism. And you instilled love for it, I can know from a personal basis. Thank you. We tried. Um, 
And it, it was eight years in, we were living in Los Angeles, which is the lowest you can get to. Okay, I don't want to say lowest. Let's say furthest away. You, you know, I, we lived in North Hollywood. Where I grew up. Um, the, you know, the closest you can get to Israel there is on a screen. <laughs> screen. Um, and my mentor, a teacher uh, that I had in high school who had moved to Israel several years before, um, she met with me and she's, she's like, so what, what are your goals? What, you know, what's next on the agenda for Israel? And I justified that we were educators and we were teaching other people and we were messengers and that we had to stay in America. And she said to me, she's like, you know what? You're right. People need to stay in America to, to educate about Judaism and about Israel. And you guys are really good at it. So stay. <laughs> And I don't know what made me change my perspective, but it was her saying stay that said, what? Like, no way. We're not staying. Um, I I, I ran home to my husband and I said, my teacher said to stay. We cannot stay. Um, Also, our kids were getting older. My daughter was, um, she was 10 at the time and we we had this hard limit. We wanted to come for her bat mitzvah, which yeah. um, in our tradition is age 12. And we said to each other, if we're still living in America, that means our kids are not being raised with the values that we're teaching everyone else. Wow. wow. We, need to, we need to do this and we need Amazing. to do it well. So that, that weekend we called Nefesh Benefesh <laughs> and they were coming to L.A., that week. So it was meant from above. And, um, you know, we made, we, I had met with my teacher that Friday by Monday, we were meeting with Nefesh Benefesh. Um, we announced it to our friends and family over a little Purim spiel shtick, which was, um, in Purim, you know, we have all these jokes and you don't know if people are telling the truth or not. Right. So that's how we told our friends and family. So no one knew if we were really telling the truth or if it was just a joke. Um, And that was, this summer will be 10 years, 10 years ago. Amazing. Amazing. Well, thank you for sharing that. And Nikki, you're the the newcomer by comparison. (laughs) Um, What what motivated that? You were very, very well established, I think, in in, uh, America. So... Really, the funny thing is it all comes full circle. My husband and I actually had our first date right here. I'm looking out the window here at Iolone Park in Ramat Beit Shemesh. And we had our first date there 15 years ago. And now we live across the street. So it's pretty wild. Um, you know, we, we met in Israel. Um, I was here as a madricha, as a, a uh, camp counselor on a summer program. And my husband was studying here in Yeshiva. And we met that summer. And from the beginning, we said, Israel's the place to be. This is where we want to be. This is where we want to build a home. But our family is in America. And, you know, we have to be practical. How are we going to make a living here? And my husband was still in school. And I had just finished my master's and hadn't actually started teaching yet and wanted to get back to America. I had my first teaching job all lined up to be in the classroom teaching math and was ready to go. It signed a contract already. And so we decided we went back to America, continued dating there. 
ended up getting engaged, got married and decided, okay, let's stay, you know, just kind of temporarily just to get things established more and be responsible adults. And, you know, you can't just go to Israel without a plan. And um, that was kind of how it began. And somehow 14 years later, we had bought a house and had kids and we're like, we woke up one day and similar to, uh, to what Yael said, we had a son who was already, you know, turning 10 soon. And it got to that point where it was like, okay, now what? Like, how did we somehow get stuck here? I mean, we were very happy. We were part of a great community. We we're actually living in Dallas, Texas for a number of years. It is a great community. My husband was a rabbi there and a therapist. And I had a teaching career, both in math and uh, and in art. And, um, you know, we kind of, with COVID, I don't know, something changed, something shifted, where it, somehow we had like perspective again, like, wait a minute, when the world has gone mad, kind of like, where are we going? And let's just go back to what our original vision was. And where do we want to be? And where do we want to raise our kids? And a big part of the reason why we're in America also was to be closer to family. It's not easy to pick up and to move to a country where, you know, you don't have immediate family. Thank God we have some cousins here who are wonderful. But we don't have siblings here. We don't have parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, um, any, you know, first degree relatives. So that was a big deal for us. And I think during COVID, we kind of weren't seeing family anyways. And we kind of had this moment where we realized, okay, you know what, we're, thank God, after all these years now married and having kids, and we are a strong family unit. And we did feel at that point, like, this was something that we could do. And it's amazing in today's day and age too, the technology to be able to, you know, hop on a flight, um, relatively easily. I mean, you were just telling us about how you were traveling to Africa, you know, and to be able to get on a flight, it's not like when our grandparents <laughs> were alive and, you know, it was a very big deal to take a, a ship across the ocean. Things are a lot easier now with WhatsApp and FaceTime video yeah. and things like that to be able to be in touch. The world has become much smaller feeling. Cool. Um, so that's definitely been uh, a helpful part in uh, helping us transition here. Amazing. And we ultimately felt like this was this was our uh, our path and our purpose and where we wanted not only for our own family, but as was, uh, you know, said by Ronit as well. This is like where the Jewish people are meant to be. Um, that was what we really felt. And I personally am a um, granddaughter of four Holocaust survivors and just very deeply ingrained in my in my bones. Also, this feeling that. You know, if you look at history throughout time and what's happened to the Jewish people, sadly, from country to country and places that we've lived and feeling like where where really is our home? You know, who who really uh, can we trust and, and where can we feel safe? And, um, you know, obviously, it's not a, a perfect situation living in Israel either, but um, we felt like we were this step was kind of us taking our family step as part of uh, our small part and role in the history of the Jewish people awesome. and uh, where we're meant to be and where we want our future generations to be living. We could go off on an hour long conversation with each of you just on those <laughs> topics and not have a conversation about what you do and why we're gathered here today. Um, but we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, well, maybe we'll come back and do that another time. Um, but it's fascinating. And I always like to have 
listeners get to know who we're talking about? Why are you here? You know, why do you have these um, native American uh, or Australian accents, but you're living in Israel that doesn't fit? Now, now I hope that that fits. Um, and I just will reiterate, there's so much I could respond to, but just to reiterate for all of us who have family overseas, that's probably the hardest part. And then makes you think about um, Abraham who, I mean, forget, forget FaceTime and WhatsApp. And he didn't even have a, he didn't even have a payphone that you could put tokens into <laughs> like in the old day, he up and left his family. And, and it brings a deeper sense of connection to, to um, the biblical traditions. I want to take a break and then come back and actually speak to you both, uh, to you all, why about why we're talking about today, art. So hold on one minute. Do you have children or know somebody who does? If the answer is yes, you need to hear this. This year, in celebration of Israel's 75th anniversary, the Genesis 123 Foundation has launched an incredible art contest for your children and Christian children all around the world. The contest, What Israel Means to Me, gives your children the opportunity to show why Israel is special to them through art. They can draw, paint, color, or illustrate this in any way they want. The contest will be judged according to different age groups with real prizes awarded to the winners. Please visit whatisraelmeanstome.com for details, contest rules, and how to register your child. Deadline for submission of all entries is in April, and the announcement of winners will be at a live event on May 14th. Please don't delay in registering your child, and please share this with others who will also want their children to participate. Visit whatisraelmeanstome.com and join us today. Okay, ladies, this has been amazing um, so far. Thank you. Um, I, I want, I'm curious if you could maybe each talk about, before we talk about your specific art, what inspires you biblically? I, I'm referring to it as biblical art. You can rebut me and tell me it's not biblical, it's Jewish or, or anything else. But there, there's a lot of art in the Bible. Um, would any of you like to just jump in and say what, where you're getting any kind of biblical inspiration from for what you're doing? Sure, I can speak a little bit just about um, what draws me in terms of my artwork that I've done that have had uh, biblical themes. Um, so I teach classes also, and I, I always speak to my students. I actually just had a class this morning of ladies here. I always speak to them about what makes us see what it is that we see. So for example, um, one of my students today was trying to paint like a archway. And part of that archway was protruding and part of that archway was standing back. And she was having a hard time getting that kind of 3D element. So I asked her, pretend you're not looking at an archway, just like really, really zoom in on this as if you've never seen an archway in your entire life, but you're just looking at this one image right in front of you would you know which one is sitting back and which one is standing forward? And she would say, yeah, I would know that this part is sticking forward and this part is sitting back. And I said, why? How do you, how do you know that? And she said, well, because here it's dark and here it's light. So based on the contrast of the dark and light, that's what's making that happen. And I said, that's exactly it. And that's really, it's not just this one piece that you're looking at. It's, it's life. And it's specifically looking in the Bible as well. The pieces that I like to paint 
have that contrast, not just from an artistic and aesthetic point of view in terms of dark colors versus light colors, but also darkness and light versus light versus, um, you know, moments where things felt so dark or so bleak or so hopeless. And then there was that moment of light that there was that moment of hope and truth and a connection with God. For example, the splitting of the sea. So like an imagery where you have, I did a painting with um, the splitting of the sea right before the Jewish people were about to walk through. There was this deep, deep moment of fear and of looking back and these Egyptians are coming behind us and God, this is where you, Moshe and Moses, this is where you took us right up to the sea now to drown. You should have left us back in Egypt and this extreme moment of fear. And then right at that moment, that's when the sea splits and the Jewish people walk through. And I'm looking uh, at the gorgeous picture in Yael's uh, background here. I know the listeners can't, can't see the paintings, but I'm looking behind Yael. You see a picture of Miriam and she's holding the, um, the tambourine and that moment of, of redemption and light and um, that, that light and that seemingly moment of darkness, that feeling of, uh, of light and God's presence pulling through. And that's really, I'm constantly playing off of that in my artwork. Once again, not only um, thematically in terms of moments in the Bible, I also recently painted um, a portrait of King David, who I feel like really embodies that inner struggle of like feeling like the world is coming crashing down upon him. His, his family members are trying to kill him and moments of, um, of feeling so alone, yet also not alone, feeling that moment that all I have to turn to is God and that God is right there for me. And from there, he's able to compose the most beautiful songs and um, psalms that we read today. Um, and that's really, you know, what I see, like the connection thematically, but also from an artistic point of view, dark and like colors playing off with one another. I, I thank you. I thought it would be harder. And I really meant it when I said at the outside, this is what you do is visual and this is not where we're, we're seeing each other, but the listeners are listening. And I, and I, and someone who's not an artist who can't dream his way out of an, uh, who can't art his way out of a paper bag. Um, I, I think what you've just depicted is really incredible speaking. In fact, you're giving life to it. You're talking about, you're, you're giving verbs and it's, it's quite, it's quite visual. So thank you for that. Um, Yael, Ronit, something, what about you? What's the biblical inspiration that brings you to do what you do? Um, well, when I started painting, um, outside of the classroom of a kindergarten classroom, um, <laughs> I, something that I noticed was missing in Jewish art, in Christian art, in all biblical art was, um, the depiction of women and, um, feminine role models. I felt like there was a big gap in that. And I have three daughters and raising them with, you know, these biblical books, illustrated versions um, where, you know, there are a lot of men in the Bible. So that that is natural that there will be, you know, lots of pictures of men. Um, but I, I felt like something was missing for them. And so my initial inspiration was to follow those stories that are not as highlighted. Um, one of my first paintings was the daughters of Tzalafchad. Ah, cool. Five daughters who fought 
for their father's land once they arrived in the land of Israel. I found that um, that was a very inspirational story and having three daughters moving to Israel and actually settling in the land, the same exact land that the daughters of Tzalafchad. Um, I live in Samaria in the... Um, in the original tribal land of um, Joseph's children, Ephraim and Manasseh. Um, and that was the scene that I, that I looked out at every morning. That was my view when I looked out the window. Um, and reading it in the Bible you, and seeing it out on your balcony is um, just a very inspiring um experience that can you know that happens and I felt like I just had to put it on canvas and like Nicole said when you paint a biblical scene it's not just of people it's not just of land it's not just of a horizon you're trying to elicit this feeling that is connected with it the emotions um, and the bible has those emotions emotions like written in inside, you know, anger and hope and love and devotion. And as an artist, I, I guess it was, um, it's just a part of what artists try to do. They try to bring those emotions onto the canvas or paper or whatever media they're, they're working with. Um, and that, that's what I wanted to try to bring to the surface. Um, to inspire myself, my own children, and people around me. Um, this is what we have. Let's appreciate it. Um, you know, daughters who didn't usually inherit land fought for it. If they were willing to fight for it, we should be fighting for it too. Wow. It. So wow. That, that is where my inspiration comes from. Um, and when I, when I paint, it's, it has like an illustrative quality to it almost like it could go inside a children's book. Um, and that is connected to both my early childhood training, but also as a child, um, you know, the, those first images that you see as a child stay with you your whole life. Oh, good. So I, I, one of my goals in life is to make sure that children see positive images of Israel, of women, of women in Israel, um, and of Judaism and of, of the Bible, um, positive images and not ones of anger or fear. Great. Beautiful. Thank you. Ronit? Okay. Well, um, firstly, I don't paint. So my, my artwork is not figure, uh, figures. Um, mine is more abstract and more, um, I'd say more, I don't know if to say consumer, um, orientated, but more, um, art for, art for every day, something that's affordable lot and something that people don't have to think a lot about, oh, am I going to invest in painting right now? Um, I'm at the moment working um, graphically um, and having my work, my artwork, which is digitally created, um, printed on different kinds of materials, whether it be stone or glass or fabric. Um, but um, my original my original goal was just to um, make gifts 
that were Jewish gifts that were personalized, um, something that um, um, I've always felt connected to giving gifts um, as as I can remember myself as being really young and um, saving pocket money just to give to make to buy gifts for others. Um, so gift giving is a big thing for me to show my my love, my appreciation to someone. Um, I've always liked my gifts to be personalized as much as they can without uh, throughout. Um, maturing as an adult that I felt that I wanted to give something that would resonate with the other person, not just something that I like, something that they might like. And um, so I started off with making um, blessings for the home, blessings for the business. Um, it originated with me actually um, travelling back and forth and taking back to my family um works of Judaica, Israeli art, um, things that were small that I could take back in my suitcase. Um, and after a few years of, um, of visiting and buying, you know, um, the, the pomegranates and the, and the hamsas and the, um, the standard things, though, um, you know, I was seeing the same kind of Judaica, which I loved, and I've always been attracted to Judaica shops and the colourful art that I've found there, um, I came to the point where, okay, I'm, I'm now going to make my own pieces to take them. And it started off with blessings of the home that were personalised, um, started off in a different format, um, as in the media. But um, I came to a crossroads in my, um, in my career where... Um, it was a choice of where where am I going to go now? And I was getting very strong messages from above. Go for this. Go for the um, go for this. And I only had one or two pieces that I was thinking of in my head, which was blessing for the home, blessing for the business. But um, you know, some people said to me, "Oh, that's very limited niche." Um, I I didn't think so at the time. I thought somehow I know that I can um, develop it. And as it developed, um, I became more um, emotionally involved in my work and chose not only um, Hebrew texts but um, uh, more religious texts and found that while I was um, creating, designing the texts, that I um, the words would be mirroring back to me and I wow. would be... Um, um, breathing it in, taking it in, and becoming more connected um, to things that I to quotes and to things that I wouldn't have normally in my everyday life been doing at all. Um, so I felt that it was something that I wanted to bring to the people, um, whatever level of religiosity you come from or not um, there are a lot of people who are just traditional. There are those who um, are just spiritual. And um, I have been working mainly in Hebrew, but um, I do do Texas. I do design text in English as well. And um, I find um, that growing older, that I am relating more to the spiritual side of things. And um, so I don't have I don't have pictures, illustrations of figures from the Bible, but I do have the texts that are from the Bible. Um, that, and I usually, I go with, um, a lot of unusual texts, texts that you don't see a lot, um, in the generic kind of Judaica, um, that you would find. So I branched out from Blessing of the Home, which is a 
which is a common kind of thing, right. to other quotes that um, that you would find in the Bible that, um, or from the Psalms, or or not only from the Bible actually, also from Jewish figures. Um, so that's um, that's where I'm going. Amazing. Thank you for sharing that. I want to take another break, but before we do, I'm just what I'm I'm sensing sensing from all of you that it's not this is not a career. This is a passion. It's something that you're each motivated in very in, in different ways, and and maybe it's a, an appropriate analogy because it's art. In in many in many fields, there's a theoretical and there's an applied. And I love how you're applying each of you, the the different your different perspectives that are coming from biblical sources, and and also how you're reflecting that, but it's also impacting you. I think we're I think we're doing a good job um, sharing this visual um, th- this visual um, conversation in a non visual way. I want to come back and then I want to uh, talk a little bit more about what you're doing and and also since our audience is mostly Christians, um, w- where is there a niche in in what you're doing that's relevant to Christians? We're going to come right back. If you're like most people in the world, you know about the Holocaust but never met, much less interacted with a Holocaust survivor or heard their stories of suffering and survival. With the remaining elderly survivors dying at an unprecedented pace, in less than a generation, there will be none alive. Yet, while they did survive, and for that we need to celebrate them, many still suffer trauma from their youth. As they age, they have increasing needs, and living on fixed incomes, sometimes with no pension, Things as simple and essential as basic foods, heating in the winter, medicine, and inflation can push someone over the line from surviving to struggling again. It can create stress in their lives that reminds them of the suffering they endured as young people. It's just not acceptable that anyone who suffered as much should struggle with basic needs or any undue stress in their twilight years. I want to invite you to join the Genesis 123 Foundation to bless the survivors. Yes, we pray that you'll donate personally and do so generously. And when you do, we also give you the opportunity to send your personal blessings and words of encouragement to the survivors themselves to brighten their day and let them feel your love. Having been privileged to provide financial resources to help survivors on a day-to-day basis, I know it makes a difference and is very appreciated. But your personal note that we translate into Hebrew, Russian, or Yiddish really makes them smile and warms their heart. I pray you'll join us by going to genesis123.co slash hug a survivor. That's genesis123.co slash hug a survivor, and please share this with others. We can't undo the suffering that they endured, and there's no limit to what the needs are, but we can never do too much to comfort them in their final years. Please join us. God bless you. Okay. Um, You've each, it's so great having each of you here, the three of you here, because you each complement one another in in different ways um, so much. I'm curious because I want to speak also, I want to get to the point where we're making sure people can contact you and know where to contact you. Um, Roni, maybe just because we finished with you before, let's just pick up with you. Um, what, what are the things that you especially like making 
And what have you not yet done that's that you're that you're really motivated to get into or to do? Um well, I like I like working with um, my texts. I do do other art. I do create other art that is without text. I do design um, trays and um, trivets and hand towels and, and other products. But my main items, I would say, um, started with and continue to be my um, slate or glass. Um, particularly slate stone work um, that I design on in different sizes and um, with texts. And like I mentioned before, my texts are um, in Hebrew and in English. Uh, My English texts, um, I have been concentrating on um, texts that can relate to um, Christians as well, which are about Israel and about um, Jerusalem and the the um, importance of the significance of Jerusalem um, to the Jewish people. Um, one of the quotes that I've got here in front of me um, is, without Jerusalem, the land of Israel is like a body without a soul. Um, another is, ten measures of beauty descended to the world. Nine were taken by Jerusalem. Yeah. Um, and um, so I, I design these things in all different kinds of um, colours and, and, and ways, but um, like I said, they resonate with me um, living here. And um, going back to your question, I can't remember the first part of the question, but the what second part. What do you especially like asking, to do? But you, I think you're answering that. Okay, and um, and the what what I like to do is, like I said, I like to bring um, I like to bring art to people's homes. I like to bring um, color. I use a lot of um, bright colors. I do do some more conservative um, designs for those who aren't too bold, but in general, I like. Um, bright colors. I like the art to, um, to pop out in people's homes for, to get their attention and not just blend in. It's something that will catch their eye and, and they'll read it. They'll, um, they'll, it'll impact them, um, subconsciously. Um, also anyone who's visiting their home. Um, I think it's something that brings more, um, depth and um, personality to your home, having um, a different kind of art and not just um, generic, uh, like I said, the word generic before, but, sure. you know, art for the masses. Um, this is something that you can um, express yourself in your own home. And um, where I would like to go, um, in terms of the kind of art that I'm doing, I'm I'm happy continuing I mean I would love to get hands on with the paint and stuff again one day or um but um I'm happy in the direction that I'm going and just um reaching out um further to different audiences um I'm I've got a a wealth of uh of of um bible terms and verses and things like that to to choose from so that's that's never ending um like I said I just I would just like to um expand to different communities and make people aware of um of what what there is in our um Jewish uh, culture awesome thank you Nikki how about you um what do what what do you specifically love doing and and what what are you uh really aspiring to want to do 
So I'm just loving being a full-time artist. Since coming to Israel, it's really, uh, I flipped careers because I went from teaching math full-time and doing my art on the side to coming here with a dream of being really an artist here. I still do math tutoring on the side, um, but I am really engaged in my art every day. And it's a dream to be able to do that. What I'm really, really loving about it is the resin workshops that I do. Um, it's been, thank God, really busy with workshops. And I just love, um, it's the teacher in me that loves now fusing the art, but also being a people person, working with people, getting to know people really from all over the world. Because I have people locally here in Beit Shemesh coming to me for workshops. And then I have people driving from Netanya and from Mitzpah Yericho and all different places around Israel. And then I have people coming from America, um, coming to do workshops with me. And so I, I would love to work with Christians who are coming here. The truth is, most of the people who I've been working with have been just people who are here visiting Israel who are Jewish, who have heard about me from tour guides um, or from other places, um, excuse me, or word of mouth. And they've come to me um, for a bat mitzvah trip or, you know, a, a family vacation with their whole family and everybody makes something different. So they'll make um, a serving board or, a, you know, a platter, a bowl, um, mini resin spoons. And one of the beautiful things about it is that you can do you can do a resin workshop in America. You could do a resin workshop anywhere you want. But the cool thing about resin is that it preserves whatever is in it. So you can add pigments to it, which is what I do. Um, but you can also take flowers from your wedding bouquet. And I have um, brides come to me and bring their dried flowers. And we preserve it in resin and make them a beautiful tray. You could take earth from the land of Israel and you can incorporate it into it. And you can make a beautiful beach scene where the sand is actually earth from the land of Israel. And that could be something you could take home with you to America. And you're like actually taking a piece of Israel with you that is being preserved in resin. Or you could take flowers that you've picked outside and you could put it inside the resin. You could take that with you. So that's something that I really enjoy doing. Um, one thing that I want to start doing that hopefully I'm going to be able to, to do soon, as you know, I've only been here for a short period of time and I'm living in like a small apartment with a small space. So I haven't been able to invest yet in the um, the saws and the planers and the, more of the woodworking type of things um, that people do with working with like olive wood here from Israel. Oh, nice. The olive wood with Israel, but you have to have certain equipment to be able to do that type of woodworking. And I actually um, just bought a property here that is under construction now. God willing, this summer, I'm going to have a proper studio built and have a larger space to then be able to buy some of this equipment. So I'm hoping to start doing, um, you know, like river tables and things like that using olive wood from the land of Israel and uh, incorporating that with the resin and, and with wood. We'll so, look forward to coming and seeing your new place in person. <laughs> Yael, how about you? What 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 do we love the most? Well, I love what the two women said about bringing a piece of Israel back home to another country. Um, and um, my husband and I, my husband actually runs my art trivet business. I do all the artwork. He does all the logistical stuff. Um, because I'm not like Nicole and math-minded, computer-minded. <laughs> I am I am right-brained all the way through. <laughs> um, so 
one thing that we kept grappling with with this artwork was how can we use it to make the world a better place? Um, in other words, how could we take that feeling of Israel, um, which if you were to put Israel into an action would be acts of charity, acts of loving kindness, acts of changing the world, helping the world. Um, you know, I, I was, I kept having this existential crisis, like art is not a necessity, it is a luxury, and it is available only to those who can afford that luxury. But how could we make it into something that channels those, um, you know, those feelings of charity and, and actual charity in the world? So we came up with this idea um, to partner with schools, synagogues, churches, even just regular people, individuals, um, and create um, like a partnership. This is just all through the art, art trivets. Um, these are the heat resistant table runners that you put down the middle of your table and you can put hot dishes on them, but they're artistic and connected to the Bible, holidays, the Sabbath. Um, they have motifs that are not only Jewish, but, you know, lots of people can connect. Um, and we do these partnerships where um, I, I don't want to explain the exact, um, you know, math, but basically you can raise money. Oh, great. Toward a charity of your choice and um, your profits go toward that charity. Amazing. So we've been working with... Um, schools, synagogues. We've had a few churches reach out. We've had um, individual teens. Um, we're trying to get kids involved because we find that, um, well, we're both educators and we want to bring that entrepreneurship that teens have together with that giving spirit. Um, so we've taken the art and basically we force people to do tzedakah, <laughs> charity, <laughs> um, not force, but encourage people um, and um, they have this physical object that it can go door to door or sell on their WhatsApp groups or Facebook groups or um, synagogue or church groups. And then, um, you know, a portion of their profits goes toward, you know, whatever they're raising the money for. So that's one um, passion project that we have that we're, that we're trying to um, promote more. Um, and in terms of my own personal art projects, um, so I was a teacher all these years. I came to Israel. I didn't have the Hebrew to continue teaching in the traditional way in a classroom. Um, so my dream is to keep working on projects that connect children. Um, so I have a bunch of illustration projects in the works. And uh, my dream is to be a children's book illustrator. Don't ask me why I haven't officially done it yet there are some you know technical details that are very overwhelming for me but um that is my dream and I've been working on a book so that is what I hope to be doing in the future alongside mm. all this other stuff along all the other stuff yeah amazing thank you um I'm I wanted to I want to begin to wrap up but I also want to note something I have the privilege of engaging each of you and while each of you are speaking, I'm seeing nodding 
and smiles and all kinds of other visual affirmations, which which means that you're connecting with one another. And it's so neat because you're the artists. And if this was just a boring conversation, I had three people who were, really didn't compliment each other. We wouldn't necessarily see that, but you're, but it's so fascinating to me. I think this is a great affirmation for each of you from the rest. And I hope that that's also being depicted in the, in the audio of this as well. Um, I want to begin to wrap up with two things. First of all, I want you each to give a shameless plug. How are people going to reach you, find you, see your, actually, actually see your, your art and, and buy it? Um, where, so whether it's website, social media, et cetera. And also, again, because, and, and relating to that, because most of our listeners are going to be Christians, um, maybe, maybe one or two things that they might specifically want to come and look for. Um, Yael, you just finished. You will, we'll, we'll put you back on. Okay. So the easiest way to find me is on my website, which is my name, yaelharrisresnick.com. On the website, I have um, fine art, the art trivets I just discussed. I can do private commissions. Um, we also sell on Amazon, and that is mostly in the U.S., um, but we sell in all countries, Canada, England. We have not sold to Africa yet, but we have we'll sent- We'll work on that. We'll work on that. Australia. Um, and... Um, uh, is that is that all? Um, that that's where South you can America. find me most easily. If you want to see more art, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, um, all under my name, Yael Harris Resnick. Great, thank you, Rani. Where are people going to find you? Yes, I'm also. Well, mine is not under my my actual name. My business is called Art with Nishama, and Nishama meaning soul. And the um, the the meaning behind that was it is twofold. It's that my art is made with soul from me, and it also is um, that it should be um, connecting to your soul um, when you see. Um, this art so my um i have a website which is um artwithnishama.com um you can see me on um facebook and um instagram and i am also on whatsapp status status um i i like i said before i do um artwork that um is in english um i have different categories like um love faith um um holidays different things like that um each of them being um whether it be even love um are quotes that come from the bible um and um i do sell at fairs but for the christian um um community that's listening to this podcast it would be um through through my website awesome great nikki so the best place to see samples of my work would probably be on instagram and facebook at nicole friedman studio f-r-i-e-d-m-a-n nicole friedman studio i also have an etsy shop and you can see a lot of my products there and you could order through there um or you could just you could reach out to me nicole friedman studio at gmail.com i love to do commission work i love to do um you know both paintings and resin pieces they make great gifts for people um lots of personalized work also um adding names to pieces both in english or hebrew um 
And uh, I'd say most significantly, if you're coming to Israel, which I hope all the listeners do come to Israel at some point, um, I really, like I said, I love connecting with people in person and doing workshops together. I do a lot of group work. Um, you know, if you're ever coming on a mission with a large group, I can travel to you. Or if you want to come to me in Beit Shemesh, and I do um, large group workshops, I've done up to 100 people um, where everybody takes something special home cool. back with them. So it's really something interactive and um, meaningful that you can then take a piece of that back with you after to remember your trip. Awesome. Thank you for that. I will be sure that all of your contact information is in the speaker notes of the, uh, the, the, the talk show notes of this, um, of this episode. Um, anyone who doesn't get that, I don't honestly know when it's posted to all of the different platforms. I don't know if all the show notes go, but anyone who wants to be in touch with you to please reach out to me and I will provide that information, contact information for the three of you really with great pleasure. Um, I want to, I want to wrap up where we began. We began by, other than you introducing yourselves and, and what brought you all to Israel, we began how I, how, how I met you um, or how I engaged with you um, for this ultimate conversation, which is through the incredible art contest that we're doing, What Israel Means to Me, engaging Christian children all around the world. And I reached out to the three of you individually and said, hey, you're an artist. Would you be a judge in our art contest? We've got a great big and growing uh, diverse number of judges, Jews, Christians, people like yourselves who are artists and have a sense of what looks right and people who just like looking at things and 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 would would be the the last thing that anyone would call them would be an artist. Um I want to first of all make a commitment and we'll talk individually that in the prizes that we're announcing on May 14th, we're going to make sure that there's something from each of you in the prizes that go to the children who are winning the, the art contest. And that'll be really exciting to connect them. We'll, we'll make sure that they listen. Their homework will be to listen to this and, and then they'll have even a, a, a better touch. But what, well, you know, Yale, you knew me you for a while. You were actually one of your stops here. We were neighbors for a bit, but not a lot. Okay. But what made you say, yes, this is a neat idea. I want to be a judge for your what Israel means to me art contest. Nikki, you 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 can start with that. Me to start. Yeah. Okay. Um so I just think it's amazing that uh this is really a way for people around the world to be part of this contest and to show their appreciation for Israel. I mean, as a Jew living in Israel, obviously I feel a very strong connection to the land here and I've moved my family here, but I think there's something to be said for people who aren't necessarily living here to still have a piece of their heart here, even though maybe they're not physically here and to be able to use art as a way to, um, to express that, that love and that appreciation for Israel. I'm so excited to see all the different uh, pieces of art that come in. It's interesting, even before moving here too, my husband and I, we were living in Dallas, I mentioned, and we were also involved with meeting with Christians there um, and uh, went to a few different conventions there with um, various uh, various Christian groups that were interested in connecting with Jews and having a conversation about our mutual love and support for Israel. He said, oh, only in Dallas, only in Texas, you, you drive down the highway, and you see huge billboards that say we stand with Israel, you know, <laughs> Christians for Israel. It's like, 
Massachusetts or something like Texas. Um, but uh, so, yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm honored at the opportunity. I mean, as soon as I saw your email, I was like, wow, what a brilliant idea cool. and uh, honored to be oh. part of it. I'm excited to see the, all, all the all the submissions too, and I'm grateful you're on board. Ronit, how about you? What what made you? Well, say I, I must say that I'm 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 an outsider um, with you Americans who are um, see things like that. As an Australian, I would never have seen anything evangelical or um, out there um, supporting Israel. Um, and, um, I think it's, I think it's wonderful. Why did I say yes to you? Well, first of all, I Googled who you were and, um, <laughs> I guess I, passed. And I, liked, I liked what you were doing. I'm happy to, um, to show any positive side of, um, Israel. I think that's really, really important in this day and age and more so, um, in the very recent, um, period of current events that are happening that are, are really, very disturbing and it's it's nice to know that there are so many people who are um not going for the 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 things that are on media and not following um some trends and um there's just a lot of um unnecessary hate in this world and it's wonderful um getting to know people who um who just feel love for a place that some of them haven't ever even visited um and their vision might be that israel is just desert camels um that was what i thought of when i before i ever came to israel um we are a modern society but there is a lot of history and um i'm just very happy that anything that has got to do with uh, sharing the love um in general and sharing the love for israel and being positive um something that is um really in dire needs these days. Excellent. Thank you. How about you, Yale? I mean, we knew each other. I'm a nice guy. My son was a cute five-year-old kid. But what made you say yes to the to the art contest? Well, first of all, I love art contests. Um, I've been involved in many over the years. Most I have not won. So I just want to say <laughs> to all the kids out there, just entering a contest makes you a winner. Because you're a part of something bigger than just yourself. You're a part of a group effort and a, um, you're a part of something that's sharing love and good values and something positive. So good job for all the kids that are entering the contest. Um, the reason why I said yes is because, you know, the same thing as these women said, I think it's great to promote love for a land that provides so much for the rest of the world is, um, you know, sharing their technology and their ability to help others in need and showing your support back toward a country that is, you know, at the center of helping the world um, just shows us so much appreciation and gives us encouragement and I, I hope that we can share all of your submissions with Israeli kids here as well, um, Christian Israelis, Jewish Israelis, and Arab Israelis. Um, and it will give them encouragement to, to show them how much you care and how much you love. And, and uh, we look forward to seeing all the drawings that you create. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Roni, Nikki, Yael, 
Um, I'm so glad that this conversation materialized. I'm so glad the three of you are part of it. Uh, when I, when I do my introduction, I talk about giving people a window to look through and experiencing aspects of life that they wouldn't otherwise. You've done that. And, and the title of the podcast is Inspiration from Zion. I'm inspired by you. I'm grateful. I hope that other people are, are as well. I want to thank you for taking the time. Thank you for being judges. Um, we'll each follow up individually. Um, but thanks for participating. This this will be the beginning of uh, of something I hope that's really going to be special and ongoing. Thank you for inviting. And I, I'm finding it very inspiring to meet these two uh, other artists and um, speaking out um, about our love for for Israel um, is not something that you do daily, really. Maybe we we feel it, but um, bringing it out verbally um, has made me more inspired and good. worked up. <laughs> good, good, good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for doing this. It's yeah. really important. Yeah. It's a delight. Thank you for being part of it. Um, we always, if I had timed this right, we would be at the beginning of another month, and this would, and, and rather than my standard uh, promotion for the end of each episode, um, we would be doing a special promotion regarding art. But I'm going to stick with it, and maybe we'll come back. Uh, people know who have followed Inspiration from Zion. For, we're, we're actually a year and a half old. But the last year, know that at the end of every episode, I remind people to connect with us. And we do this promotion called From Jonathan's Bookshelf, which means every month I'm offering a special volume, a book that's going to connect you with Israel and the people of Israel. That's literally from my bookshelf. I can see the book that we're, we're uh, giving away this month. Um, all people, all we ask you to do is follow and like inspiration from Zion on our social media. And when you comment and share the link to this program, we pick one person at random to receive this month's uh, gift, which is a, a, a fabulous book about Shabbat, the Sabbath, called Your Sabbath Invitation. Uh, so, so follow, like, and share this uh, widely, please. We're always grateful that this podcast is sponsored by our friends at the Willow Run Greenhouse in Culpeper, Virginia. If you're ever in the area and need something or just want to pop in and say hi and thank you, thank them for making conversations like this possible, please do so. And special thanks to our friends, the Coin family as well for their meaningful sponsorship. Inspiration from Zion and all the Genesis 123 Foundation programs are made possible by donations. So please consider continuing to join us here to help continue the dialogue and build bridges. And if you'd like to sponsor a, a, an episode like this in honor or memory of a loved one, a special occasion, or your favorite artist, please be in touch at inspirationfromzion at gmail.com. We always would love to hear your comments as part of a dialogue and invite you to send any questions as well, especially questions you have about traditional Judaism for our Ask the Rabbi programs. Please share this conversation with others who will also find it of interest and continue to join us right here as we bring you more meaningful conversations about unique topics in Israel that you won't hear anywhere else. Wherever you are in the world, I pray that you and your loved ones are all safe and healthy and send my blessings from right here in the Judean mountains. God bless you. Thank you.